This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 14th of September in your Squiz today. Aid for Afghanistan. Your digital passenger declaration. Medvedev takes out Djokovic's record chances. And a cruise to nowhere. This is your Squiz today. With the Taliban firmly in control of Afghanistan, international attention has been turning to the unfolding humanitarian crisis there. Even before the Taliban took control, it was estimated that at least half the population was dependent on aid, and that figure is now only expected to increase. International donors called together by UN Secretary General Antonio Gutierrez have pledged $1.1 billion, Claire. And that is a new development overnight. There's been quite a a lot of reticence about donating to Afghanistan, mainly because nations are very concerned that any cash donations uh, or donations of food and other supplies would land in the hands of the Taliban and wouldn't actually get to people who needed it. Another complication for Afghanistan in providing for its people is that its foreign assets have been frozen uh, and also the International Monetary Fund has blocked the Taliban from accessing millions of of dollars in emergency reserves. And that means the United Nations, the Red Cross and other aid organisations are very worried about the people of Afghanistan because there's been a drought. Uh, there's already food and medicine shortages that was happening before they even went into last month. And more than three and a half million people have been displaced by recent fighting, all as they head into winter. The UN High Commissioner for Refugees, Filippo Grandi, has arrived in Kabul now to assess what they're calling the country's acute humanitarian needs. That's also part of what the United Nations is being concerned about when it comes to discussions with the Taliban. There's still a lot of kinks to iron out about the Taliban allowing aid workers uh, free reign really to get to the areas where they need to be to start helping people. Uh, Also overnight, the United Nations Human Rights Chief Michelle Bachelet has accused the Taliban of going back on its promises She says that they're going door to door and searching for former officials. And she also said that women have been excluded from public life. Both of which break early promises that the Taliban made on human rights. Still in international news and reports say that Indonesian officials have arrested a key figure in Jamaa Islamiyah, the Al-Qaeda linked terrorist group. Yeah, Abu Rusden is his name. He's someone who has been in the public eye before. He was jailed after the Bali bombings for giving safe harbour to the man that they believed actually carried out that terror attack. Uh, He was released in 2006. And what reports say is that Indonesian counter-terrorism police have been quite active in recent months in tracking down the leaders of Jamal Islamiyah and those also with links to the Taliban's ideology and networks uh, and keeping them under very close surveillance or arresting them. That crackdown is happening, as you say, especially in the wake of the Taliban retaking Afghanistan. The 2002 Bali bombings killed 202 people, including 88 Australians. 
over now to North Korea and after a six-month break, they're back to testing missiles. They launched a new long-range cruise missile on the weekend. It's not technically against UN Security Council sanctions, Claire, but it's still something to make close neighbours such as Japan a little nervous. Yeah, what those who have put sanctions in place have been mostly concerned about have been ballistic missiles. They're considered to be the very dangerous ones. But what it shows, experts say, is that North Korea has been working quite a bit on their weapons program. They've now developed a cruise missile that can have long range, which of course means that it could actually get to Japan and to other nations nearby, uh, and also cruise missiles that can carry nuclear warheads. That's very concerning, the United States military says, to those neighbours, but also to the whole world. And that's why North Korea is still a concern. Officials from South Korea, Japan and the US are meeting later this week to talk about how North Korea continues to be a local and a global threat. On to COVID news now, and there's been a lot of talk about COVID passports or vaccination certificates when it comes to international travel, some way to show your vaccination status to cross borders. And what that is starting to look like is a DPD, a digital passenger declaration. I don't know about you, Larissa, but I've got pretty good eyesight. And when it comes to filling out the passenger card when you get into departures (laughs) at the international airport or if you're on a plane trying to get back into Australia and you get that card and you're trying so very hard to keep the lettering (laughs) within those little boxes that you can barely see, all of that will be gone with this DPD, uh, the Digital Passenger Declaration. Of course, it's streamlining and digitising that whole process, but what it's also going to do is allow officials to really keep track of international travellers' details and their health information. It's where their vaccination status will be saved. And of course, as we know, lots of discussions being had about what travel restrictions uh, for people with vaccination, uh, for those without and what all of that means. For me, it's always trying to find a pen in my bag at the last minute to try and fill it in. Nightmare. It'll all be gone, apparently. (laughs) The plan is that it'll integrate with state and territory QR code vaccination certificates and will then help with contact tracing. It'll be developed over the next few months. In sport, and the US Open has wrapped up for another year and with it, Novak Djokovic's chances to break a few big records. He was aiming for a calendar slam as well as his 21st Grand Slam to pull ahead of Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. But he didn't have the legs. He went down in three sets to Russian Daniil Medvedev. He really has had a sensational year and quite incredible that he was in a position where he could take a calendar year Grand Slam. But he really did just choke yesterday. He didn't really seem to have it in him. Uh, After the game, he said that he was really glad that it was over and that the pressure was just Mm. a lot to handle. And that's a side that we don't really see from him a whole lot. Uh, Medvedev, for his part, really was quite the champion. It's his first major title win. And if you're wondering what his celebration was about when he just flopped onto the court, that's a dead fish celebration, something to do with (laughs) FIFA. Sure. (laughs) And of course, kudos to Dylan Alcott who got the Golden Slam and did the trophy version of a shoey yesterday, showing the Americans (laughs) a little bit of that Aussie culture. 
And from sport to entertainment, the Video Music Awards were also on last night, kicked off by Madonna, no less. But it was the young ones taking home the big awards, Claire. Yep, we've got Olivia Rodrigo. She took out Song of the Year for Driver's Licence. And Little Nas X won Video of the Year for Montero. If you haven't seen it, it is so trippy. It's quite an incredible thing. So there's a link in the email to that video clip. Uh, Justin Bieber won Artist of the Year. He's everywhere still. Uh, and he has teamed up with Aussie hip-hop star Kid Leroy. They performed at the, um, at the awards yesterday too. I'll pop links to those in your episode notes. But as you say, they're also in the Squiz Today email. And there's no need for a DPD for this one, Claire. In lieu of borders being open, a cruise line in Hong Kong is offering cruises to nowhere, a voyage with no destination, also known as probably your idea of hell. <laughs> I just don't get cruises. I can barely get on a boat and just go around the harbour for a few hours. That's really not my scene. But look, plenty of people really like cruises and plenty of people are looking to do something a little bit different. And in yeah. Hong Kong, uh, Hong Kongers were among the world's most frequent flyers. They haven't been able to get very far in the last couple of years. So this cruise to nowhere has popped up and apparently it's quite popular. Oh, any holiday is a good holiday at this point. Squiz the day, Claire. What are you keeping an eye on? Uh, today, anniversary of the debut of the Golden Girls. That was yeah. in 1985. Blanche, Rose, Dorothy, Sophia, <laughs> the girls. That was yeah. all that time ago. And they gave us so many of those iconic one-liners. They're all being remade into memes now. For me today, it's the Met Gala. So it's fashion's night of nights. We've been missing red carpets and this is the ultimate red carpet. I'll pop a link to Vogue's live stream in your episode notes. That'll do from us today. Have a good one. We'll be back with you tomorrow. We talk a lot about cybercrime and hacking because almost every day there seems to be some breaking news about another big data breach. But NordVPN can help protect you online, kind of like a cyber bodyguard. It protects your personal and sensitive data while you're online to stop it from falling into the wrong hands. That way, you don't have to worry about keeping your identity and private data safe every time you log on. And even if you make a mistake and click on a dodgy link or open a suspicious email, NordVPN's threat protection will kick in and delete it before it makes a mess of your computer. To find out more, and get a great discount, visit nordvpn.com forward slash squiz today.